Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. And today, I thought we'd try something a little different. I'm actually podcasting from my uh, from outdoors uh, on my patio. It's a beautiful day in northern Maine today, about 84 degrees, not something you see very often. So just uh, hard for me to think that I'd be inside doing something like this on a beautiful day like today. So you may hear some birds uh, chirping in the background, some bugs flying by, and maybe even a, an occasional car going by, but um, that's all right. We're going to have some fun with this. Today, we're going to be talking about unilateral uh, pest planus, what causes it, and what does it cause okay so we're going to kind of break it down and this is something that you see quite often or at least i do um this is a problem that is very common you see it in all ages from children to adults and um and so you know you you have to wonder number one do you have to worry about pes planus so first of all somebody with a normal foot um you know we'll, we'll call it normal anybody with pes planus um is at 20 percent higher risk of developing plantar fasciitis and posterior tibial tendonitis Achilles tendonitis and other problems like that. People with a pes cavus foot are at 80% higher risk of developing a problem like plantar fasciitis. So, but we just see more people with a, a pronated foot or a, um, you know, a planus type of foot. So what are some of the causes of pes planus? Well, number one, it could be congenital. You could be born with it. That's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, that's what you have. I've seen several patients actually who have a pes planus foot on one side and a very supinated foot or pes cavus foot on the other side. Um, kind of unusual and difficult to treat, but definitely um, treatable, especially with orthotics. So what are some of the other causes? Well, then we started to get into like acquired problems that cause a pes planus foot. So number one, you could have a, a posterior tibial tendon rupture. Um, and, and so what happens when the posterior tib tendon lets go is that, remember, the posterior tib inverts and plantar flexes the foot. So when it does that and when it lets go, the foot starts to drop, the navicular drops, then you lose that medial arch support. Same thing can happen with an anterior tib tendon, uh, but those aren't um, as apt to uh, rupture as a posterior tib tendon. You can rupture the plantar fascia, okay? You rupture the plantar fascia. Obviously, that helps to support the arch in mid-stance and in terminal stance phase. It becomes tight and gives you some support there. Now, there's another one. Calf tightness is a big contributor to a pes planus foot. And here's the reason. When your calf is tight and you get into mid-stance phase of gait, your calf becomes tight, you can't dorsiflex very well, and therefore your heel comes up early. Well, your body doesn't want to do that. It's not very efficient to toe, to a heel off early all the time. So what you do subconsciously is externally rotate the feet a little bit. Therefore, you don't have to dorsiflex as much. But when you walk with an externally rotated or a retroverted gait, you press the foot down into pronation even more mechanically. And so a tight calf is a huge contributor to pes planus. And uh, we'll talk in a little bit about, um, you know, what that all presents like. Weakness of the inverters and uh, medial arch supporters. So you could have a nerve injury of your of your arch supporters and and inverters of the foot. 
and uh, therefore you'll end up with weakness and your foot will fall into uh, pronation. So that's a, uh, a problem. I've also seen peroneal spasm. And if you've never seen this before, it's quite interesting. The foot plantar flexes and everts. And I've seen this in people who don't even have like uh, any high level neurologic condition. They just develop a spasm in the peroneal. And sometimes it can last for days. It's quite painful. It pushes the foot down into pronation because it's everting it so aggressively. So um, you got to get that peroneal spasm settled down to help allow the foot get into a better position. The one thing I want to talk about today, though, is leg length discrepancy. Okay, this is very, very common. So one thing you need to remember, and, and, and why does leg length discrepancy have anything to do with this? Your brain wants your body to be as efficient as possible when you're propelling yourself, when you're walking or running. So what it tries to do is prevent the pelvis from going up and down so much. So if you have a leg length discrepancy, the longer leg, think about this, the foot on the longer leg almost always pronates more than the foot on the shorter leg. Okay, this is very, very classic. That's why there are studies out there that show that people who have a leg length discrepancy will more oftentimes have plantar fasciitis on the side of the long leg because the foot is being forced into excessive pronation. Okay, so you're standing, you've got a long leg on the one side and um, it, it starts to collapse. And so as it collapses over time, it develops more stress in it and therefore causes more foot and ankle problems. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk about how um, to treat the Pez Planus foot and, uh, you know, uh, how to, uh, what, uh, what other presentations we have, you know, with that Pez Planus foot. So we're going to take a break for a couple seconds and we'll be right back. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit easyslant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for uh, staying with me. Uh, today, we're talking about the Pez Planus foot and uh, with a focus on leg length discrepancy and why it happens. So envision this. We've got a right long leg. The right foot goes into planus the arch collapses a little bit more, okay? Now we go into the mid-stance phase of gait, okay? So the other foot is up off the floor, off the ground, and you're, um, you're bearing all the weight on that right leg. Your posterior tib tendon is now becoming stretched because the foot is going into pronation. The plantar fascia is being strained because you're going into pronation. And the calcaneus starts to fall into valgus, okay? And that's very important. So... You need to remember that the Achilles attaches somewhat medially on the on the calcaneus. So if your heel is falling into like a calcaneal valgus position, it is getting stressed more eccentrically. So, you know, all of these problems can contribute to a posterior tib tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, hallux valgus, and um, Achilles tendonitis, okay? In the terminal stance phase of gait, you start to develop this navicular drop. Um, and then here is where things get interesting. 
the big toe starts to move into valgus. And if you have a spine model or a, not a spine model, but a, a leg model, like a, a bony leg model in your clinic, take it and place it on the ground and put the ankle at 90 degrees and then bear weight down through the leg and watch what happens to the great toe. It goes into valgus. When this toe goes into valgus, you're going to now push off instead of on the bottom of the big toe, you're going to push off on the medial side of the big toe. So this is very classic. Patient comes into your office, you take a look at the bottom of their foot, they have callus pattern on the medial side of the big toe, medial side of the first metatarsal phalangeal joint. You can almost always predict that they are going to have a pes planus type of foot, a tight calf muscle, and more probably a long leg on that side. So just looking at their callus pattern can tell you a lot. And so I just kind of work this whole process in reverse and see what we're looking at. If you do identify a long leg on that side, um, then you need to make sure that you, uh, if you're going to do a pair of orthotics or do flexibility exercises, on top of that, you lift that contralateral side. Now with a little lift inside the shoe to try to level them out, and they're not going to force into pes planus as much. So, um, you know, that's my, my talk today on the pes planus foot and on one side. And with a leg length discrepancy, there are many reasons why you get it, but a pes planus foot can contribute to a lot of issues like hallux valgus, uh, sesamoiditis, and uh, many other issues. So keep that in mind when uh, you are checking your patient out. Look at those calluses. I'm also going to have some videos on how to uh, do this uh, type of evaluation process on somebody with a leg length discrepancy. I also have different ways of measuring leg length discrepancy and definitely a preference uh, over the years. Uh, that uh, you're probably going to be interested in watching. So um, please take some time and go over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Check out our YouTube channel. Our uh, YouTube videos are growing like crazy. And uh, we have some great content with uh, real patients with real problems. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be having a new program coming up that I think you're all going to be very interested in. Uh, we're going to be um, doing kind of an exclusive group for those of you who really are interested in orthopedic evaluations and orthopedic treatment techniques. Um, we'll give you some access to me directly and uh, we'll uh, talk about some pretty serious stuff there. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Again, thank you for watching OrthoEvalPal. If you have any questions, contact me at OrthoEvalPal.com. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to OrthoEvalPal.com. Can't wait to see you there.